the Coverage Genius Podcast. What's up, Genius Nation? I hope you're all doing well. My name is George, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Coverage Genius Podcast, where we cover and learn from amazing Asians from around the world and discuss the things we learn and how we apply them to our daily lives. In this episode, I'm going to talk about my 52 books in a year goal, share with you how this project is going so far, and talk about whether I completed that second book, and if so, what was it all about? So are you ready, Genius Nation? Well, then let's get started. Hey, Genius Nation, welcome to the Coverage Genius Podcast. If this is your first time here, please help us out by subscribing to us on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, if you can do us a favor, can you please leave a positive review for us on Apple Podcasts? That would help us out tremendously by getting this podcast out to others. And if you're watching me on YouTube, hit that like and subscribe button. So what's up, Genius Nation? Hope you are all doing well and that you are crushing it so far this year. We are in our third full week already in 2022. Time is literally flying, and I hope you all are staying on track with the goals that you have set for yourselves. Today, I want to give you an update on how I'm doing on this 52 books in a year goal I set for myself, and perhaps talk about the second book I promised to read. Let's see. So, one of my goals for this year is is to read 52 books. If you haven't already, take a listen to my last podcast or watch it on YouTube to get an understanding. But just a brief synopsis on why I want to read 52 books is pretty much this. I want to get smarter. I want to be more knowledgeable about things. Last year, I didn't get a chance to read a lot And that all falls on me. I make excuses. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. You know how it goes. This year, I wanted to change that. And I basically gave, in my last episode, a simple breakdown on how I plan to accomplish it. And it it is a pretty simple process. So the second week is done. And the question is, have... I've been following through with my plan to read the second book. And you know what? Yes, I did. I did complete the second book. I'm now two for two, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. But yes, um, I, I, I finished the second book and I will tell you it was a little difficult because I was working on some projects, some home improvement projects, and I was taking up a lot of time and I wasn't good at managing or following, managing my, managing my time and following the schedule. So what ended up happening was 
I had a little more to read towards the end of the week. I'm glad I got it done. But the learning lesson for me was let's stick with the schedule. All right. So the second book that I completed uh, is entitled Atomic Habits. And I will just say up front, if you haven't read this book, go to Amazon, buy the book and read it. It's an amazing book. I'm glad I found it. And I'm glad I took the time to read it. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about what I learned, give you a synopsis of the book so that you can get an understanding or, or get some sort of precursor before you go into reading the book for yourselves. So Atomic Habits. Basically, your daily actions are formed by your habits, whether they're good or bad. The author, James Clear, he mentions two things in the beginning of the book that really struck with me. The first one was, if you become 1% better each day for a year, then by the end of the year, you would be 37% better than when you started. Isn't that amazing, guys? Just improving yourself 1% every single day for a year. At the end of this 2022, I'm going to I would be 37% better than how I started the year. I think that was amazing. Another thing that he said was shifting an airplane route a few degrees can lead to being a few hundred miles off course. Right? If you're flying from LA, your target is New York, the air the pilot will set the route, right? But if the route changes a few degrees, two degrees, three degrees. Instead of ending up in New York, you would end up in Washington, D.C. I thought that was actually an amazing uh, example too. So imagine, you guys, imagine if you made a 1% improvement in your health, in your relationships, in your finances every single day. Where would you be at the end of the year? So most of us, when we define success, we define it as achieving and conquering specific goals. For me, 52 books in a year is a goal that I set for myself. Clear says that when we focus on just the goal, we focus on only the final outcome and not the specific systems and habits that would lead us to that outcome. Focusing on just the goal would put me at a disadvantage. For example, everyone wants to read, right? Well, not everyone. Most people want to read. They want to read more books. Why? To get smarter, to get more knowledgeable, to enhance their lives. Everyone has the exact same goal, to read more books books. Clear says that those who want to be on top are the ones who are continuously focused on improving their habits. So in my example, improving reading habits and not the single goal, which is for me reading 52 books. 
So concentrating on improving my reading habits instead of reaching my goal, if I do that, Clear says I'll get to my goal much faster. He also says that true behavior change is identity change. The only reason you'll stick with one is that it becomes part of your identity. So for me, the goal shouldn't be to read 52 books. The goal is to become an avid reader. That would be my identity. In order to change your identity, you need to change your habits because your habits are what you do most frequently which ends up being a major factor in determining who you are. So first decide what type of person you want to become and then determine what you need to change about yourself to become that person. Habits are formed in four stages. Clear mentions cue, craving, response, and reward. This is called the habit loop, and he gives an example, a cue. You've hit a stumbling block on a project at work. You're craving. You feel stuck and want to relieve your frustration. Your response is you pull out your phone and check social media. Your reward is you satisfy your craving to feel relieved. Checking social media becomes associated with feeling stalled at work. Clear says we need to transform these four stages into a practical framework that we can use to design good habits and eliminate bad ones. He calls this the four laws of behavior change. Where whenever you want to change your behavior, you can simply ask yourself. With regards to the first law, Q, how can I make it obvious? The second law, craving, how can I make it attractive? The third law, response, how can I make it easy? And the fourth law, reward, how can I make it satisfying? By understanding these fundamental laws and learning how to alter them to your specifications, you can create a system in which good habits emerge and bad habits go away. Okay, so... We start by making the cue obvious. Let's use my 52 52 books a year goal as an example. If I don't schedule into my calendar times in the day throughout the week to read, then most likely I will forget to read. So if I make the cue obvious, I have a much better chance of reading the book. Clear says the easiest way to make a cue obvious is through habit stacking which is attaching a new habit to an already existing habit. So for me, when I wake up in the morning, I already have the habit of going to my desk and planning for the day. So what I can do is I can stack reading a chapter of a book on top of the planning habit I already do. Sitting at my desk to plan today is the cue to read a chapter is the cue to read a chapter. If I want to increase my level of exercise, then I can stack the habit of exercise on the cue of me going to the office or heading home, okay? The next, the second law is craving. 
the more attractive an opportunity is, the more likely it is to become habit forming. So how can I make something attractive? Clear talks about using temptation bundling to make your habits more attractive. You're more likely to find a behavior attractive if you get to do one of your favorite things at the same time. He says that you can combine temptation bundling with habit stacking by applying this formula. Okay, first, after your current habit, I will do the habit that I need. And then after I do the habit that I need, I will do the habit that I want. For example, maybe you want to watch a soccer game, but you need to make a sales call or you need to make sales calls. So if we apply the formula to this scenario, then it would be like this. After I get back from my lunch break, I will call three potential clients, which is my need. After I call the three potential clients, then I will go and watch the soccer game, which is my want. By implementing this strategy, the hope is that you'll look forward to making those calls because it means you get to watch that soccer game. Doing the thing you need to do means you get to do the thing that you want to do. This is pretty straightforward and simple, right? All right, good. Let's go to the third law, which is your response. How can I make it easy? Every habit is just an obstacle to getting what you really want. If the obstacle or the habit is difficult, then what's going to happen? I mean, initially, you may be able to push yourself to accomplish the habit, right, in the beginning. But what happens over time? If it's difficult, you'll most likely, more than not, stop doing it. So it's crucial to make your habits easy enough so that you'll do them even when you don't feel like doing it. So the question is, how can we make habits simple and easy? Clear says that the most effective way to reduce the friction associated with your habits is to optimize your environment to make actions easier, right? Choosing a place that is already along the path of your daily routine. For example, you're more likely to go to the gym if it's on your way to work or it's on your way home. If the gym is out of the way, even if it's a few blocks out of the way, you're probably not going to go there as often because it causes friction in your day. It causes friction on the route. You have to go a different way to get to that place. Another way to remove friction is having all your workout gear prepared in a bag ready to go in the trunk of your car, right? Because you have your gear ready. All you need to do is get to the gym. You don't have to go home, get your stuff and come back out to go to the gym. With regards to work and home life, if we remove those points of friction that sap our time and energy, what ends up happening is that we can achieve more with less effort. Another point that Clear makes is that you want to make your habits as easy as possible to start. Like a new habit should not feel like a challenge or a difficult challenge. What you want is a gateway habit that naturally leads you down a more productive path. 
And so mapping out your goals on a scale from very easy to very hard helps. For example, let's say you want to run a marathon. Well, if you want to run a marathon and you've never run before, you never really exercised, you don't just you don't just go out and sign up for a marathon and do it, right? That would be crazy. And that would lead to failure. Well, then how would you start? You maybe you'll start by number 1, get into the practice of putting on your running shoes, right? That seems very simple and easy. After you do that, maybe you get into the habit of walking 10 minutes every day, right? If you're sedentary all day and you go out for a run, what happens? You'll probably injure yourself. You probably won't run for too long. It'll be very tiring and exhausting and you'll probably not going to ever do it ever again. But you can walk for 10 minutes, right? Starting maybe after lunch, you go outside. It's cold where we are at, but maybe you can go for a walk for 10 minutes, a brisk walk. And then when you're, you find out, hey, it's easy to do that. I actually feel better after doing that. Then you can maybe increase it. Okay, maybe 20 minutes. Maybe I can, the next step could be walking for 10,000 steps. And you're building yourself up. Now you can maybe run and do 5K. And then ultimately five, run a marathon. Remember, if the habit is too hard, then we, we won't do it. We need to start very easy so that we can master the habit of showing up. Right? When we show up consistently, we can establish a habit and then improve on it. If we can't learn the basic skill of showing up, then we have little hope of mastering the finer details. There's no way, right? All right, let's move on to the fourth law, which is reward. How can I make it satisfying? You know, we are more likely to repeat a behavior when the experience is satisfying, right? Like if the, if the experience is really good, we're going to keep on doing it. Clear states that we are looking for the result that provides immediate satisfaction because the human brain evolved to prioritize immediate rewards over delayed rewards. And, you know, we need to be careful here because sometimes this leads to bad habits. For example, even though a smoker knows that the risk of lung smoking is bad and that the risk of lung cancer increases every time he smokes, he will still smoke because the effects of immediate pleasure from smoking outweigh the disease that is coming later. In order to avoid bad habit formation, Clear says that we need to add a little bit of immediate pleasure to the habits that pay off in the long run and a little bit of immediate pain to the ones that don't because we repeat immediate rewards and avoid immediate punishments, right? And more immediate rewards leads to more satisfying experience, which leads to repeat action. He also says one of the most satisfying feelings is the feeling of making progress. And so this is very important and one that I have been implementing this year so far is keeping track of my habits. 
You can do this in a calendar, in a habit tracker. There's so many apps out there. Uh, and, and so I'm actually trying to find one. I'm using one right now. It seems to be pretty good. But use whatever you, you need to do, notepad, where you can measure whether you actually did a habit. And the reason why this is good is that, you know, when you start, you may not see results in the beginning. But over the long run, if you track your habit, you'll have clear evidence of your progress. And that can be very satisfying. Right. I mentioned this in another prior podcast with regards to, let's say, oh, we want, you know, New Year's resolutions. Everyone wants to get fit and work out. Right. And what happens? When we start working out, we can be strong for the first first week and maybe the second week. But working out for those first two weeks is not really going to show results. And when we don't see physical results, we'll get uh, we'll lose our motivation, and what ends up happening? We stop going to the gym. But if you keep track of what you're doing. Despite not seeing the actual physical results, you will clearly see that you are putting in the work and are achieving results, even if you can't physically see them yet. And when you track this, track your habits over the long run, you'll you'll be seeing your progress. And by seeing that, most likely than not, it's going to motivate you to continue moving forward. And as you continue to move forward, what happens? Your identity is reinforced, right? If I continue to read books, you know, I'm not reading 52 books. I am becoming a reader. I am a reader. I, I'm not saving $100 a week. I am becoming or I am someone who makes good financial decisions, Identity is your deepest level of habit formation. If you're a healthy person, if you're a avid reader, if you're a good financial decision maker, your habits, processes, and outcome will naturally follow if you identify yourself. And this is the loop. Okay. So, where do I begin? I think the first place that you need, first thing you, that you need to do is, you know, create a list of your good and bad habits. Identify what's good. What habits that you do are good. What are bad? And once you know what your habits are, then you can decide which ones you want to keep, which ones you want to remove, and then formulate which ones you want to create and apply what we just learned to create those new good habits using habit stacking, temptation bundling, etc. Okay. Um, I mean, there's so much information in this book. And seriously, go out and buy it. Spend whatever it is. Uh, I'll, I'll have a link in the description below where you can just go and buy it. It's It's a fantastic book. It gives you an understanding on how habits are formed, and how to formulate, okay? All in all, my rating scale, I'll give it a 9.5 out of 10. 
and it's good because I'm applying these lessons. Uh, and I'm very thankful that I had the opportunity to read this book. So go out, definitely highly recommend getting this book. All right. So that's that. What is the next book? The next book is this book right here. Extreme Ownership. How U.S. Navy SEALs Lead and Win. It's by Jocko Wilnick. Willink, sorry. All right. And Leif Babin. Okay. I heard a lot of great things about this book. I've seen a lot of, I've heard a lot of great things about Jocko Willink. So I am excited to read this book. I've already started it. Okay. Because, you know, we're in the middle, we're in the middle of the week three. I've already started it. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you next time and really sharing with you my thoughts on the book and what I've learned. Genius Nation, we're at the end of another episode. If you hung around until the end, then I want to truly thank you for sticking it out with us. My journey into podcasting is a fun one, and I'm sure there will be a lot of mistakes made and a lot of lessons learned. But I'm also sure that if you stick along with me throughout this journey, you'll definitely get something out of it. Trust me. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform as it helps get this podcast out to others and subscribe to us on YouTube. And if you know someone who you think would be a good fit for the show, send us an email at coveragegenius at gmail.com with as much info as possible and maybe we'll reach out. Hey, you never know. So thanks for stopping by, Genius Nation. This is George saying to you, I'll see you next time.